0: and then we give ourselves over to God for God to speak to us and to deliver his word to us and to cause a change in our lives hallelujah so as you are here today I want this expectation to be in your heart that you are not going to leave this place the same amen oh amen that as you have come God's word will come to you and it will be a blessing to you there will be transformation in your life and that this will be one of the pivotal moments in your life where you can point to and say that I came for a retreat like this and the Lord changed my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Who knows the theme for today? We have been saying it a lot in our prayer session today. If you didn't know, at least by now you should know. I won't call you, but just show your hand if you know the theme for today. Oh, lift it higher. I won't ask you any question, I just want to see. I see only two hands, okay, three hands, four, I see. So most of us are not aware of today's team, Right. That, that, that is not a problem, hallelujah. Oh, amen, please respond, I need your response, amen. I want us to open our Bibles to Jeremiah 15. As we're praying, this scripture came to me. And I just want to share it, share it quickly before we get into the meat of today's um, word. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. The Bible says that your words were found. And I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Amen. I want to encourage somebody here. Um, if you've not heard, been hearing anything for the past three or f- four weeks or so, we've been engaging in, in Bible reading, in the Bible challenge. Right? And I want to admonish us and encourage us let's take it serious read the word of God today as I speak I'll be sharing with you a number of scriptures Um, and most of them are from what we have been reading the, the books we've been reading in recent times and so I just want you to keep this in mind that the word of God it is sweet it brings joy all right so take pleasure in reading God's word amen amen oh amen all right so Today's theme is gathering fruits onto eternal life. And before I speak, I just want to acknowledge um, all the facilitators that are here. I want to acknowledge um, the committee for putting this together and for giving me the opportunity to come and stand here and speak to you. I salute all of you um, and I do not take this for granted. Um, I just want to thank Aunt you as well for allowing me to come. To speak to us and I it's my prayer that today after we leave there will be a renewed zeal and passion for souls hallelujah amen amen so our theme is gathering fruits unto eternal life and we're going to read a passage of scripture where we got this thing from It's from the book of John chapter 4 and we'll be reading if you can project for us, so that we can see, especially for those who didn't bring Bibles, John chapter four, we will read the story of the woman of of Samaria. We will not go into the full story, but we'll just read from from verse from verse thirty three. Therefore, said the disciples to one another, Had any man brought him ought to eat? Let me change this one. Take you, New King James. That will help. Okay, you have that. All right, great. So, therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I want you to take note of this. We'll come back to it. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps, say after me, and he who reaps, and he who reaps, receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, when he was born, okay, and throughout his life, was obsessed with the will of God and the work of God. The Bible makes us to understand that as young as the age of 12 years, Jesus Christ was in the temple and he was having conversations with the rabbis in the temple. So much so that he neglected his family at the time that came with him into Jerusalem for the festivities or for the festival. The Bible says that they had left and had gone three days journey. That was when they realized that Jesus Christ was not with them. So they returned to Jerusalem and they searched for him and they searched for him and they found him in the temple asking questions and answering questions himself and the rabbis in the temple were amazed at him at the tender age of 12 years i don't know how many of you here will think it's strange that we'll find you in a in a circle of pastors or even among the facilitators discussing the bible and engaging in uh, biblical discourse hallelujah but jesus christ from the time that he was born understood what his purpose was and so when his parents came and they were distressed and his mother said to him why, why, why have we done this to us this was his response he says that why do you seek me do you not know that I must be about my father's business at the age of 12 years how many of you are 12 years old here you are above 12 years there's only one person who is 12 above most of you are above 12 years that's wonderful Jesus was obsessed with the will of God and the work of God. In fact, in scripture he equates in the book of John, and I want us to read it. John chapter 4 verse 34, we just read. It says that my food is to do the will of God. Alright? To do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That is my food. I don't know how many of us can say that. My food is to do the will of God. Food here is something that gives us sustenance. It strengthens us. For those of us who are fasted today, you can tell that without the food that you've eaten, you are feeling weak. Are you not? There is some weakness in your system. The moment you... And have you realized that food is very... Your body is very interesting. <laughs> the moment you, you, you don't even have to swallow the food. The moment the food touches your lips there is a sense immediately you notice a change if you have not noticed just notice this you immediately notice a change in your if you are feeling weak the moment the food touches your lips strength comes you have not finished chewing the food you have not even swallowed it yes joy (laughs) overflow. the moment the food touches your lips you taste the food your strength is renewed hallelujah the strength was there oh It was in your body but it was locked away and your body was telling you bring food bring food bring food so that i can release this strength and the food that you are bringing in will replace because the food hasn't digested so there's no way you're going to get energy from the food that you are currently eating right so it is that energy that has been released in your body was in your system already okay so food sustains us we know the effect of food however jesus christ is saying that for me, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus was obsessed about the work of God. He was totally giving himself to the work of God. Hallelujah. There was a huge sense of urgency whenever Jesus Christ spoke about the word of God. In John chapter 9, verse 4, the Bible says that as long as it is day, this is Jesus Christ speaking, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. When it comes to the work of God, as it relates to Jesus and how Jesus' attitude towards God's work, it was with a sense of urgency. He was not like a lackadaisical about God's work. He was not dilly-dallying. He was not lazing about. It was important to him and he approached it with a huge sense of urgency. The Bible makes us to understand that Jesus' public ministry uh, was birthed around the age of 30 and for three years, he went about preaching the gospel and teaching. And in those three years, Jesus Christ knew that his death was near. That he was going to die for the sin of mankind. So that you and I will not perish but have eternal life. And he did not joke with this. In the book of psalm the bible says that help us to number our days that we may apply ourselves to wisdom if you knew that you had only three years to live from now what would you do hallelujah hopefully nobody has just three years to live amen but nonetheless that makes it even more scary because you don't even know when you will die maybe the three years is even too much Yes, maybe, God forbid, (laughs) maybe two months or even one day. Yes, so the question is you must have a sense of agency when it comes to doing the work of God. Why must that be so? Jesus Christ understood his purpose. He knew why he had been sent. He knew that God had sent him into the world to come and die, to come and preach the gospel. When you read John chapter 3, verse 16, what does it say? John 3, 16. Oh, be, be bold. Louder. John 3, 16. Continue. Verse 14, verse 17. That was God's Purpose for sending his son Jesus onto the earth. That he will come and do what? Die. That through him, the world might be saved. Jesus himself testifies of this work that God had given to him. Alright? And in John, in Luke chapter um, Luke chapter 2 verse 49 When experience came to look for him, he said that, why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? That's at the age of 12. Hmm. Jesus understood what God's purpose was for him, what God's work was for him. And so he went about doing God's work with urgency. Maybe one question that should ring in your mind right now is you are asking yourself what is the will of god or what is the work of god the will of god and the work of god are oftentimes one and the same they are not always the same but oftentimes they are one and the same it is god's desire that we will be saved he says that do not count god's promises to be delaying because you are are not seeing uh, uh, him manifest or his, his coming but he desires that no one should perish but that everybody come into repentance and so God doesn't want you to, to, to die in your sin he doesn't want you to perish and so Jesus Christ says that and I want, I, I want us to read this scripture he, as he testifies of himself he says that the spirit of the lord is upon me and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord this is in luke chapter 4 verse 18 to 19 all right this is jesus himself testifying of what god the assignment god had given him that work that he had given him and i was saying that oftentimes the will of god and the work of god are the same and in this sense there's when we say the work of god there's a lot that you can discuss when you come into the house of god um Whatever you are doing, as you are serving in the in the, in the house of God, whether you are in you are an usher, you are a chorister, you can put all of that together as the work of God, is it not? You are serving God's house. But there is very clear um, direction as to what God wants us to be pursuing when it comes to His work, and that is what Jesus Christ did. He has come to preach the gospel to the poor and it's the same kind of thing that God expects of us. The Lord has given to us the Spirit the, the ministry of reconciliation. He has given us what the ministry of reconciliation. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 17 to 19, and I, I wish you would be putting down these scriptures so that when you go back you can just refer to it. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 17 to 19. He says that, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Jesus Christ has come to fulfill his work, the work that God gave him to reconcile the world unto God and he says that he has committed to us that same work. So in this context when we talk about the work of God it is about the winning of souls, it's about evangelism, it's about preaching the gospel, it's about bringing souls into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Who is scared of speaking the gospel or evangelizing to your friends? Let me see by hand. You want to be truthful in the presence of God. The the, the idea scares you. Who is it like Oh, you are are shy of your friends. (laughs) You don't want to say. Who here is scared of preaching the gospel or sharing the gospel? Show by hand. God bless you for your honesty. Who else? Okay, so the rest of you, I can assume safely that you have been preaching the word of God. You have been winning souls. Is that the case? So should I come around and find out? <laughs> oh, I, I I want to know. I want to know. Do we do we find difficulty in preaching the word of God? Do we find it something that is hard to do? Your silence is telling, Hallelujah. Nonetheless, this is what God has given us to do. It is often said that the, the 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 instructions of a dying man, or the last the last words of a dying man, are very very important. In our case, the last words of Jesus when he ascended are things that we should very much what uh, keep in our minds and in focus. In Matthew chapter 28, down was from the verse 18 going. He said that we should go out into the world and make what. Disciples of all the earth, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that He has taught. And lo, He is with us until the end of the age. Hallelujah. This is what God, or this is what Jesus Christ, when He was ascending into heaven, told the disciples that we should go out and preach the gospel, go out and make disciples, go out and win souls. Today's theme is gathering what fruits unto what eternal life. This should be our focus. So if you had three days to live, two hours to live, what would be your focus? What would you be doing? Would you be going around and greeting your family members and telling them that I have only two hours to live so I want to come and greet all of you before I die? Would you call all your friends and say to them, I have only two hours to live so I'm saying goodbye to you? What will you use those two hours for or those three days for it's so winning the first thing that comes to mind hallelujah oh i said talk to me oh it's so winning. the first thing that comes to mind but it should all right because this is what god intends for us to be doing this is god's work so the work of god is not just you coming to church and coming to sweep you coming to church to come and dance you come into church to come and sing everything that you do in church today must feed into that work of god which is to win souls which is to gather souls hallelujah amen now the question is now that we understand what god's will or his work is why should you be obsessed with the work of god like jesus was why should he be obsessed with the work of god like jesus was number one you have been chosen to work hallelujah you have been chosen to work i mentioned earlier that the lord had handed over to us the ministry of reconciliation and that is the work that we are supposed to be doing You have been chosen to work John 15 verse 6, 16 John 15 verse 16 the Bible says that you did not choose me I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give you God has chosen you for his work hallelujah he has chosen you for his work Romans chapter 10 11 to 15. Romans chapter 10, from 11 to 15. It says that the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all of us is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring, who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been saying that the work of God is to preach And to witness about jesus scripture is telling us that how can people be saved if they don't hear and how can they hear if no one is sent hallelujah you have been chosen you have been chosen of god to do this work to preach and to gather souls onto eternal life hallelujah amen oh amen I'll give you one last scripture Ephesians 2 verse 10 Ephesians 2 verse 10 it says that for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them God has prepared good works for us to walk in hallelujah he has created us for good works so once you have come to the saving knowledge of his grace these good works are things that you should be involved in so understand this god has chosen you not anybody not the person by your left or your right you god has chosen you to do this work hallelujah amen number two we should be obsessed with the, word of God, with the work of God because it shows our love for God, hallelujah. It shows our love for God. And how do we show our love for God? Our obedience to God is the testament of our love for Him. Our obedience to God is our testament. It is the proof that we love God. And so when God speaks, all right, we follow. And we do his instructions. And that tells him, or that shows to him, that we love him. In John chapter 14 verse 20, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home in him. Hallelujah. If you say you love God, as we do in church all the time, be doing worship. We raise our hands, Lord. We love you, Lord. We worship you. Your, te- your, your. The proof of your love for God is not you coming to church, and coming to sing worship songs, or raise your hands. The proof of your love for God is not you coming to come and dance in church. Hallelujah. Dancing is good, but that is not the proof of your love for God. Hallelujah. The proof of your love for God. It's not sitting behind the keyboard or behind the drums and playing it is good it helps us in service hallelujah but that is not it that does not show your love for God amen there are so many th- <laughs> there are so many things that we do and we misinterpret that to mean or to show that we love God sometimes the sacrifice that we make oh I have come from far Oh, I've spent my time in church all day. I was in church working, sweeping the church, and all of these things. And so, by doing these things, I'm showing my love for God, isn't it? It's good, it is good to do these things, but to really, really show your love to God is to do His will hallelujah! It is to do what His will, and His will is what that no man should perish, that all men should be saved. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus to come and die so that through him the whole world will be saved. And we have been given the ministry of reconciliation to go about and preach to them that are lost that they may come into the saving knowledge of God's grace. This is the will of God. This is the work of God. And our obedience to this instruction is what determines whether we love God or we don't love God you see when we stand before the judgment throne of God eh, it will be an interesting thing because we are in this world and we are measuring ourselves by ourselves yes oh i want to be like this man of God i want to preach like this person the way Caribbean has been leading us in, i like it i want to be like him is it being like Caribbean in prayer what God has instructed you to do. Is that the will of God? <laughs> it's a question. Is preaching like Uncle could be Jew, God's will for you? Is that the work of God? And so on the judgment day, we will we'll find a lot of surprises because the things and 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 that which is a message uh, bishop Doug he would knows. he calls it the past questions of heaven he has he has very very interesting titles to his messages the past questions of heaven he is everything that every question that god will ask on judgment is in the bible that's why you should must read your bible hallelujah it's there past questions is it's there everything so god, god will ask you the questions from the bible he said that when you go to the to the prisons and you go and preach in the prisons uh, i was there so they asked ask did you go to the prison to go and preach yes or no did you go ah, you didn't go what were you doing you were dancing in church did i tell you to dance in church <laughs> hallelujah so you must understand listen let's not confuse the things that we do for god with what God actually wants us to do. There's a, there's, a, there's a story that Jesus tells about two two sons. The father com, comes to the son and says that, I want you to go into the field and go and do the work for me. And he tells the father in the face, I won't go. I will not do the work. Then the father goes to the second son. I'm paraphrasing. The father goes to the second son and says that, oh, go into the, 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 the field and do the work for me. He says, okay, I will go. Look at this. The first son who said, I will not go. After the father left, had a change of heart and went to do the work hallelujah the one who said oh i will go didn't go and some of us sitting here today we are like the second son lord i will go anything you tell me i will do i will sacrifice myself jesus i am all yours but you are sitting in church and you are not doing the work the instruction that God has given to us to go out and do the work. Preach the gospel. You said, Lord, I will do it. And you have been sitting in church for God knows how long. Every time you are praying for anointing. You are praying for empowerment. You are praying for a certain grace. If the grace has come, why are you sitting down? We go for camp. You are so fired up. The anointing is overflowing. And you bring the anointing back to church you don't go and do the will of god or his work hallelujah are you showing god's love when god looks at you does he see love does he see you demonstrating love there are people living in your in your in your house you know that there are these people they are not saved there are some aunties at home there are some siblings at home and yet you, those people you don't speak to them about god's word you don't preach the gospel to them or maybe you think that you should prepare some fantastic sermon and go and say to them is that what is hindering you that's not it we've said here time and time again that you preaching the gospel right is simply sharing your testimony of god your experience with god being a witness what has god done for you what has been your experience with god So it is important for us to do the work of God, Hallelujah, to show our love for God, Amen. So that when we stand before His judgment throne, it will not be as though we did something else. There's a very scary portion of Scripture, and whenever I read it, it makes me feel some way. It says that Lord, we cast out demons in Your name. We heal the sick in Your name. And He like, said, Depart from me, I don't know You why would god say that like where did we get the power from did like i don't believe the people who said that they were lying right i don't think it was a lie they probably did cast out demons in god's name they probably did heal people in god's name but why is god saying he doesn't know them there's a there's a there's a story in the bible where I think it was peter peter came to jesus and said ah Master, there are some people that are are, are, are are casting demons out in your name. and they are. Pre- Should we go and rebuke them? What did Jesus say to them? No. Anyone who is not against us is for us. Paul also shares a similar experience. He said, some people are preaching the gospel so that I will be in trouble. They are not doing it with the right intention. So. But Paul says that It is good. They should preach it. Because what? The message is going far. It's going far. And that is the, that is the focus. That is the work that we should be, listen, the work of God is not, I don't know how to explain it for you to get it again. If you are really doing the work of God, then you don't care whether somebody wants to malign you, whether they have bad intentions for Once the word is being preached, you are happy. That should be your focus. So it's that we have been casting out demons in your name. We have been healing the sick in your name. He said, depart from me. I don't know you. I don't want to be one of those people. We prayed for anointing. We received it. The last retreat we prayed for, uh, what did we pray for? The, 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 The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Healings. Some of you received anointing to heal. Who have you healed since you received that anointing? Who, <laughs> who have you gone out to heal since you received that What are you doing with the anointing? There are plenty of anointing we have been praying for. What are you doing with it? Hey, tell to your neighbor. <laughs> tell your neighbor say to your neighbor. Oh, tell to your neighbor, say to your neighbor. Neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. neighbor. do the work of God. Do the work of God. (laughs) We do the work of God to show our love for God. Jesus Christ in John chapter 21 verse 15. You can put it up. John chapter 21 verse 15. After Jesus Christ had died and had resurrected and he, he showed himself to the disciples in many situations and was in that time that Peter rose up and said "Uh, I'm going back to fishing and then the other disciples also followed him hallelujah these are people that had stayed with God had seen the power of God they knew what God was doing and the purpose of God and the work of God and yet after Jesus had died they said that they are going back to fishing and so Peter goes and goes to fish and like before when jesus christ met them for the first time they had been toiling in the boat trying to catch some fish but they had not caught anything at, 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 up until that time and then jesus appeared to them and told them to cast their nets into the deep again and they did so and they were able to pull in a huge catch of fish so they bring the fish to the shore where jesus has a fire prepared and they cook some of the fish and then they start eating and it's just like all of them know that this is Jesus, but they don't, want to, they, don't, they don't want to ask whether Jesus is this you. So they are all quiet and they are watching and they are eating. And from verse 15 of the chapter 21, this is what happened. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him yes lord you know that i love you isn't that familiar to us what i said that Who has said to god before that oh lord i love you if you have said i love lord i love you lift your hand don't be a hypocrite in the <laughs> in the church you said lord i love you put your hands down So this one is not, this this is not the first time Jesus or the Lord is hearing these words. Oh, he has been hearing it. Every day. Every Sunday. Across the world. Oh, Lord, I love. The songs too are full of love. Love, love. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. And Jesus Jesus responded and said to him, He said, Lord, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Then he said to him again a second time, simon son of jonah do you love me he said to me yes lord you know that i love you jesus responded tend my sheep he said to him a third time simon son of jonah do you love me peter was grieved because he said to him the third time do you love me peter is becoming offended though Because you asked me do i love you i said oh, i love you it's like it's like you're okay all of you are not supposed to be having boyfriends and girlfriends so i'll not use that example it's, yes so maybe i can use that it's like me telling my wife that i love her then she then <laughs> then she'll tell me do you do you really to ask me do you really love me i said oh i love you then like three seconds will pass he said hey do you really love me Say, oh of course i love you then she'll ask again are you sure you love me at that point in time man eh, you'll be thinking has she heard something or has she seen something i can i can i can imagine that maybe eh, eh, some some something that happened this this <laughs> Something that happened this week and was training for a long time—that the wife may be asking him those same questions: "Do you really love me?" If you don't know, if you know what I'm talking about, you know. If you don't know, you don't know. Listen to news. (laughs) I'm sure the wife will be asking, "Oh, do you love me?" So he'll be thinking, "Hey, has she heard something, or has she seen something, for for which reason they are doubting what I am saying?" So Peter was grieved because in the mind of peter he has been following christ all his life in fact he cut off somebody's ear for for, for jesus christ or oh, peter was a wild guy yeah he was doing things for god and god jesus christ had said that you upon you the church will be built so peter peter knew that Charlie, me i love god he said oh me i'll die with you yeah when jesus christ was saying that oh i i i i i'll i'll die in some few days i will die this is my purpose i'm going to die for the cross he said no 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 no, no. you will not die <laughs> that is how in love peter was and he thought that he had demonstrated that love many times to jesus christ so it's understand he was grieved as, why are you asking me this question i love you but jesus to jesus all the other things in fact when when peter was doing all the things that he was doing he said that we will die with you and all of that then jesus christ told him that you are you you deny me three times and he did deny him three times hallelujah in the midst of all those things jesus christ did not equate peter's love to the things that he had been doing do you understand he didn't equate it was not equal like me loving god is not equal to me cutting off somebody's ear me fighting on god's behalf you you see me be very circumspect here do you realize that there are very few things there are very few people not even if, if the whole world is afraid to say anything bad about the Muslim uh what we call it, religion it what betise you if you go and say something bad you say something bad about Muhammad hey Haram they will cause confusion and chaos right now they'll come for you hallelujah so they defend their faith. Jesus Christ is saying that even that that one is not you so showing love for me. I don't need you to defend my name. I don't need you to fight for me. Go and cut off somebody's ear. And you hear somebody saying that, oh, all Christians, there you are like this. Then you put name Hey, it is not true. This you are fighting. People, Christians, you pay tight to your pastors and your pastors are chopping the money. You are not wise. Then hey, you have taken the fight. You think you are doing God a favor. That is not what god wants you to do that is not the work hallelujah do you understand don't equate some things to you showing love for god that is not what god wants what jesus equates your love for him to is feeding his lamb feeding his sheep hallelujah are you getting it so if you say you love god like you have been doing then you must do what the work What is the work? What is the work? Hey, you don't know. I've been saying the works. You don't know what the work is. What is the work of God? To preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. To preach the gospel. That is the work. So, show your love to God. Not by the songs you sing. Not by the fights you fight. Not by the defense that you give for his name not even by the good that you do show your love for God by preaching the gospel by doing his work that is how you show love to God amen it is it is it is interesting for you to say if i say that for me how many of you have heard about the five love languages okay so there's a there's a theory, some theories around um how we all give and receive love isn't it and he said that we have words of affirmation uh what acts of service quality time hey people learn, have learned the thing they know the thing it means they are nearing marriage hallelujah so, <laughs> uh, 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 quality time and then what uh, receiving of gifts god bless you uh, you are preaching and so imagine that me i receive love through maybe gifts and you always, and you show your love through, let's say, compliments or words of affirmation. Every single day, when you get up in the morning, oh, you are looking wonderful, you are looking nice, you are looking beautiful. That, uh, and you, to you, you are showing me love. But to me, why are you disturbing me every day morning with plenty, plenty words? My own is gifts. Give me a gift. Then I know that you love me. Do you understand? If you give me gifts, I've died for you. That is how I receive the love so when you know that i receive love through your giving of gifts to me why then would you be showing love to me some other way that is it computing for you god has said to us how we should show him love if you love me obey my words and my father will love you and we will come jesus and god we will come that the father will come and come and dwell in your heart and make our home there so obey the word and the word is what to go and do god's work To go and preach the word feed my lambs feed my sheep so show god love the way he wants you to show love to him amen the last thing i want to dwell on for why we should be obsessed with preaching the word of god or doing god's work like jesus was is that there is a reward for the faithful servant amen there's a reward for the faithful servant there's a parable that we all know, the parable of the talent, right? Where God gives all the, sorry the, the master gives talent to three servants. And two of them go and do the work. They do the work and they get a return. One of them, though, acknowledges the master and says that I know that you are a hard man, that you reap where you have not sown. So me, I was afraid. I went to hide your talent in the ground. Here, this is your time. Take. And the master said to him, "You are a wicked servant. So you knew that I am a hard man, <laughs> and you knew that I reap where I have known so. You could have placed the money with what the, in the bank, so that it would have earned what a return. But you didn't do that. So he cast him away from his presence, where, and put him in darkness, where there will be what gnashing of teeth. Some of us are aware. You you know you know what God wants you to do. If you don't even know it, you have read it in his, like, maybe you are expecting that, maybe you, you went for some prayer meeting and the Lord sp- sped in your ears, my son, my daughter, I want you to, to preach the word of God. Maybe you, you know by that experience. Maybe you have not had that experience, but you don't need to have that experience because the will of God is clear in his word. What he wants you to do is clear in his word. So you know, you know what he wants you to do. Why then do you do something contrary? And say to god that i knew that you were a hard man and that you reap where you have not sown what is going to be the result you'll be cast into utter darkness hallelujah amen but for those who are faithful with what god wants them to do and do the work of god there is a reward for you and mind you listen God's blessing, or the reward that He gives to faithful servants, it is the. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. God's reward to the faithful servant is His reward to the faithful servant. Did you get that? Let me repeat it, and listen to where I place emphasis. God's reward to the faithful servant is His reward to the faithful servant. God wants you to be a faithful servant. That is the only kind of servant he rewards. It is not by the measure of some success you have in your mind that God is going to reward you by. No. God is going to reward you by how faithful you have been to him. Hallelujah. There's a parable that says, I want us to go there. Matthew chapter 24 verse 45 to 46 let me see whether that is in scripture from verse 45 to 46 no from verse 40 yeah who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in in due season continue Blessed is that servant whom his master when he comes will find so doing mind you in the first verse there is an instruction and there is a task that the master has given to the servant that he is calling a faithful servant right and in the the, the subsequent verse that is verse 46 he's saying that blessed is that servant whom his master when he comes will find so doing so when the master comes he sees you doing the kind of the work that he gives you to do isn't it continue assuredly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods so you do not God is not going to reward you based on some measure of success that you are looking to so that you will say that Caribbean uh, is able to preach to thousands of people every day he wins five souls and so because of that Carobin is going to receive a larger reward than maybe uh, Amaresa, who only spoke to one person and the person was saved. Because that form of measurement is an earthly one. We are measuring by the things that we have done. But God is looking at both of you and saying that, Carobin, you have won maybe 10,000 souls and by your winning ten thousand souls, you have been faithful because the winning of ten thousand souls is actually what I wanted you to do. That was my calling for you. That was my purpose. For that's the work I wanted you to do. You have been faithful to that, and so you get your reward. amarisha For you, your whole lifetime, what I wanted you to do was to speak to that just one person. Bless that one person because through that one person. going to do other things because you are faithful to that work that God gave you not so you don't sit there and say that hey I have not I have not won any like I have not won ten thousand souls I have not no the thing is are you faithful to what God has given you to do that is what God is looking at there's a man in the Bible whose name is the uh, what's his name not Paul is it Ananias yes Ananias when Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus and he became blind. The Bible says that the Lord spoke to Ananias to go and say, "Ananias, go and pray over Paul. He is waiting for you." All right. <laughs> Ananias said, "Hey, Jesus. What are you telling me? What are you saying? This man we have heard about him. He is the one that is going around capturing Christians and binding them and putting them in prison and take, I should go to go and speak? What are you saying?" Then the Lord said to him, go and go and pray for Paul. For must, he must he must suffer many things. Right? God had a purpose for who? Paul. But God had a work for Ananias as well. Ananias went to pray over Paul. He said, Brother Paul, receive your sight. And he received the Holy Spirit then. And because of Paul, the gospel reached the Gentiles. And I can see that Paul won many souls, many many souls. That we didn't hear about Ananias again. In fact, that is the only time we hear about him in the gospel. We don't hear about him again. But for Paul, oh, we hear Paul, 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 Paul. This Paul, Paul has gone to do this. Paul has gone to do that. Plenty things about Paul. But I can tell you that perhaps that is all Ananias was supposed to do. He has done the work when he stands before God, and God is rewarding him. You will not reward him based on the number of other souls he won. The, the thing that I ask you to do, do, do it. Were you faithful? That's the thing. So sometimes we 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 cripple ourselves from doing God's way because we are comparing ourselves. The Bible says it is not wise for us to compare ourselves. Comparing ourselves with one is not wise. Rather, what you should be doing is seeking God's will for your life. The work that God has given to you. Do that one, be faithful to that work, and you will receive your just reward. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Are, are you getting what I'm saying? So it is not about how successful in quote you are with the work. But the question is: Are you working? Are you working? Are you hard at work doing what God has asked you to do? Just blessed is the what? The servant whom his master finds him doing the work that was assigned to him. you Are are you doing? He, he said he, he finds him doing. Oh, he, he, has, he, he didn't find him. Yeah, he's done the work. He's doing it. He's in it. It is a continuous thing. He is doing the work. Tell your neighbor, do the work. Do the work. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, amen. Are you here? Amen. Why should we do the work? What is the goal of the work of God? What does the end product look like? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. Let's have it on the screen. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. And he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ this is the goal that you and i will be perfect men coming into the full stature of god the fullness of christ that is what god the when, when god gives us the work to go and do that's the picture he has in his mind that we will come we will come to him as what perfect men. that is the goal that is the end product but for for us to arrive at the end product he has given to us what go to the 11 he has given to us he has given to us what 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 comes before the prophet apostles prophets evangelists and somewhat pastors teachers for the what? verse 12 for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of what? Of Christ. That we all will come into what? The unity of the faith. Into the fullness of Christ. That perfect man. That is what he's asking us to do. So that is the goal. That is the goal. In Ephesians chapter 5, 25 to 27. Let's go there. Ephesians 5. 25 to 27 we get a different color on what the goal is uh, with regards to the work of god it says husbands love your wives just as you forget about the husband but just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for her continue that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word continue This is where I want you to uh, to take note of. That he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. This is what God intends for us. The the work of God that we are supposed to be doing. This is the end result. That he might present her to himself, a glorious church, a church without what? Spot or blemish. That is what the end goal should look like. So when we say the work of God, why, why are we doing the work? Why are we... this is the this is the end goal. This is what the end product should look like. I'll give you another yet another scripture. I hope you are writing these things down. Okay. All right. So, the goal of God's work is, pre- is to present us as perfect men, is to present to Himself what a, 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 a perfect bride, one that is without what blemish or spot. Having said that, right, and, I, and this part is where I want you guys to listen very carefully, because it gives you some comfort in doing the work of God. Hallelujah. It, has, it simplifies things. In doing the work of God. There's a concept called the value chain in business. There's a concept called the value chain. What is the value chain? The value chain is simply a set of consecutive steps or activities that add value to a product or a service. Okay. So at each step of the process, value is added until you get what's the finished product amen please do you understand that is the value chain okay and for you and I at any point in our lives we are part of that value chain when it comes to God's work so God's work also has a value chain and that value chain at any point in time depending on who you are interacting with or who we are dealing with you are in that in one aspect of the value chain, and now I'll explain. I will explain. So let's read John chapter 4, 36 to 38. And so we, we, we've come full circle to our scripture for the for today's theme. John chapter 4, 36 to 30. I told you that we'll come back to this, so take note. And it says that he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit. For eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together let's continue for this for in this the saying is true one sows another reaps 38 i sent you to reap that for which you have not labored others have labored and you have entered into their labors here jesus christ is speaking to this concept of the value chain and he speaks to one set of people but like two sets of people actually in the value chain here jesus speaks to those who sow and those who do what who weep those who do what sow and those who weep there's a third there's a third uh, aspect to this to the value chain that paul speaks about and you will find that in 1st corinthians chapter 3 4 to 8 let's go there 1st corinthians chapter 3 4 to 8 Okay. So, this Paul speaking says, For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not canal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? Let's continue. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Hallelujah. So, then, neither he who plants is anything not he who waters but god who gives the increase so another element has been introduced here which is what the the one who does what waters did you did you catch that so jesus has spoken about the one that does what sows and the one that reaps and here paul like paul speaks about the one that's what sows and the one that what waters so in the value chain we have those who sow those who water or nourish and then those who do what who reap but in all of this value chain it is god that gives what the increase i, I hope you are seeing it this same value chain concept okay we can see it in, a, in the scripture that i read earlier in ephesians 4 verse 11 where we read god gave to us what ministers certain gifts which we refer to as was the fivefold ministry we have the apostles the prophets the what the evangelists the pastors, the teachers. These are the fivefold ministry. But we will not dwell there. Take that one off. We will not dwell there because you will say to me that, hey, me, I'm not a pastor. I, I'm not an apostle. <laughs> I'm not a prophet. So I don't fit in this one. What I want you to focus on, right, that makes it simple for everybody, is that you are, what? A sower. You are a waterer. You are a reaper depending on who you are interacting with you are any one of these three and you must give value at that place that you are do you understand don't concern yourself too much oh i'm 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 not a prophet i'm not a teacher like i'm not an evangelist i'm not an apostle so no 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 you are a sower you are a watcher you are a reaper at any point in time when you are interacting with somebody you are either sowing the word of god either you are watching the word of god that has been sown by somebody or you are reaping the harvest for that soul so this will give you comfort when you go out and go and preach the word of god some of you 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 don't want to leave you've tried it before you became discouraged because when you went the person didn't give their life to christ and so you became discouraged i won't do this again i won't go again they are not giving their life to christ i don't know what to say it's like maybe the message I'm preaching is not, it's not getting down to them. Maybe at that time you are what? The one that is planting the word. You are the sower. Somebody else will come and do what? Will water it. That time that you went out to go and preach the word of God and the person gave their life to Christ, the work had already been done. And at that point you were the reaper. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus Christ when he was talking to the Samaritan woman, alright, he said that the woman said to him, when, when, when we know that when the Messiah comes, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus says to him that me, that I'm speaking to you, I'm the Messiah. And then the woman rushes into the town and tells them that people come and listen. this you know, I've met a man who has told me everything I've ever done. He is the Messiah. And the people believed the woman and believed in Jesus because of what the woman said. Listen, understand something you no. Know how how is it that the woman goes to say that this man has told me everything that i ever did and that he's the messiah and then they all believe just like that then later on they come to jesus christ interact with jesus and say oh now we believe not only because of what the woman has said but because we have also experienced you so we know that you are the messiah but understand this some work had been done before jesus went there john the Baptist and his disciples had probably gone there and spoken about some Messiah to in in for the Samaritans it is even in their holy scriptures that some Messiah is coming so there's a seed that has been sown already so what did the woman first say about this and for her to say that I know that when the Messiah comes what he will tell us all things A seed has already been sown I hope you are following so the question you are asking yourself should be this Lord as I am going out to engage people and preach your word and win souls this person i'm talking to what is it with him am i sowing am i watering am i reaping and that should be your mindset and when you speak to the person be discern, be discern what is happening and then act appropriately be- because sometimes you engage somebody and the person will be fighting you they'll be arguing and it's like i'm not making any headway but you are you are really making headway because the things you are saying, uh, you don't know some people more people people get naturally people get aggressive when they are offended, when that thing is hitting them, then they are <laughs> then they become offended, then they'll be throwing all manner of things at you, and sometimes it even becomes bloody, they'll be insulting you. Oh, you people Christians people should get away. That's how all of you are. But a seed has been sown. That seed will be there, it will be there, it will be there taking root then God if not you somebody else will come and do what water that seed they see a colleague at work a Christian the way they live their life and you see it's, it's interesting how God works because sometimes even you the one that is nourishing and doing some of this you don't have to say anything they are just watching your life that's why we say that let your life be a testimony let it be a witness because people are watching you and they are, I see Gwen, and I like oh I want to be like when like there's a piece about Gwenny that I desire I don't know what it's about when then but I heard that there's some Jesus Christ somewhere and that somebody told me some years ago that God loves me let, let maybe let me approach Gwenny and, and, and find out Gwenny, I like like the way it's so, old and Gwenny will say that it is just God the love of God I spend time with God I spend time in his word and he gives me peace and joy and he says oh my and at that time Gwennie is watering the seed watering the seed watering the seed then one day somebody comes and comes to preach a message that they are maybe some could say they are passing by somewhere they hear the message and say that if you are here and you want to give your life to christ lift your hand then everything comes flooding back jesus loves you it comes flooding back i have peace because i love god i spend time with it can't what when he said it comes flooding back and there at that point they say oh i want to give my life to christ in our eyes in the natural man's eyes oh the preacher Man has preached a powerful message. I tell you that sometimes it is not the person that has been preached, it is not the message. Forget it is the opportunity that came to that person. Maybe in the message, there's just one thing that the preacher said that maybe the preacher was preaching about the uh, well, let's say what. The protection of God and he says that he has talked about a lot about the protection of God. How God protects his people and how he shows love to his people and he said you can only partake of this if you're a child of God. That's that sentence the alone. Then he says that if you want to be a child of God, raise your hand. Come forward. Everything that has been happening, all the seed that has been sown, the people that he has been watching, the seed that was watered, now is the time for the harvest to be what to be reaped. And so what the preacher person at that, at that point in time is the one who was what reaping. so to give you comfort so that you don't say you don't walk out of here and say that uncle solo came to say that we should go and do the work of god but the work of god no it is too difficult i'm not a prophet how can i do the work of god how can i preach to my neighbor how can i share the gospel i have simplified it for you you are what a sower. you are what a waterer you are what, you are what? You are what? A reaper, say it after me. You are what a sower, you are what a, re- a waterer, and then what a reaper. That is all. So, if you go out and you go and spread the word of God and the pe- you don't get any reaction, it shouldn't bother you. Thank God that God at this today I was able to sow your word. That is all. And be happy because listen, what does the scripture say in John chapter 4, verse 38? Please put that up. He said that both the what the sower and the reaper. May both rejoice. It was not only the reaper that was rejoiced, you know, but the what the sower and what the reaper may what rejoice. So that day, when we stand before God and we are we are giving account, the one that went to preach and won ten thousand souls, you have a stake in that, because out of those ten thousand souls, you sold about five thousand. Are you getting the thing? Yeah. Out of those ten thousand souls. You nourish about what? Another 5,000. Somebody will say... Pe pe pe. We have... Chempe. BAM! And we all get what? Our reward. So, we ask who went to preach as some crusade and won 10,000 is rejoicing. You too, who did not even go and preach as a crusade, but you lived your life in such a way that somebody could look at you and be watered. You lived your life in such a way that you could what? Uh, sow a seed in somebody's life, you too will be rejoicing. Even though you didn't stand on any stage to preach and win souls. Understand this. And it will make you fulfilling God's work much, much easier. And that the desire to do God's work will be there. Because now, you are part of the what? The value chain. You are not only obsessed about winning souls and like, not even the reaping stage. Because that's what everybody focuses on, isn't it? We are all focusing on reaping focus on you know, Jesus Christ says that uh, go to the 38. he says somebody has already labored and I am sending you into their labors to go and reap somebody has already labored before, before the, even the ground and see for most of you and uh, those you know those who sow they do most of the work because the ground is hard so they have to till the ground break the soil so that you can sow the seed. So sometimes when you go and you face resistance, just know that, Lord, I think I am sowing at this point. So give me strength to sow. Give me strength to sow. Give me strength to break this ground. What the resistance I'm facing, give me strength to break it. And you, and you when you break when you sow the seed. That's it. Even if, if you don't have water at that time to water, it's okay. Somebody else. Because you can't do everything. You have to do something for somebody else to come and do the rest. Isn't it? Yeah. So you have sown. Then somebody too comes and comes to what? Water. And then another person comes and comes to what? Reap. So this is the value chain in doing what? The work of God. Hallelujah. Rise to your feet. We want to enter into a time of prayer. We want to enter into a time of prayer. You've heard so much today about being passionate about the work of God, what the work of God is, and the part that you play in the value chain of God's work. You want to close your eyes and you want to pray to the Lord that Father Lord, your word has come to me. May this word, O Lord, sink deep in my spirit. And may I act upon this word in the mighty name of Jesus. We are praying for boldness to do the work of God. We are praying for courage to do the work of God. Lift your voice and begin to pray right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want to hear the saints of God praying. Lord, I have I have I have delayed for too long because I thought.